everybody. Will Howe here with the Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Got a great show for you here today. We're going to have a conversation with Luke Laird, the singer-songwriter extraordinaire. But before we get to that, I want to give you a quick reminder to give me a like and follow wherever you're listening to this. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, whatever it is, whatever the case may be, go ahead and give me a like and a subscribe. That'd be great. Also, if you could tell a friend, that would be amazing. Also, if you're on social media, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, I'm on all those platforms, sharing videos, chatting with people, and uh, talking about Americana, folk, and roots music. So there you go. Let's get to this interview. Luke Laird is a singer-songwriter who's had numerous hits on country radio for the last 15 years or so, even a little bit longer than that. And uh, we had a great conversation with him about an EP that he just released with a couple other amazing songwriters as well. So there's all kinds of great stories in here. I hope you enjoy it. So here is my conversation with Luke Laird. Well, uh, yeah, you, along with uh, Laurie McKenna and Barry Dean, released uh, a three-EP collaboration of songs between the three of you. And I was wondering if you could just um, talk a little bit about how that project came about. Yeah, honestly, I was talking to my wife, um, Beth, who kind of runs all our stuff at Creative Nation. And we're just always trying to think of ideas. And not that it's like some groundbreaking idea to record kind of songs you've written, but you know, when I first came to Nashville, I was just, you know, I saw a show at the Bluebird Cafe and I just loved hearing the way the songs were written before they were recorded by other artists. It was just something, something about hearing the songwriter do it, um, even if they weren't as good of a singer or whatever, just, just hearing how they originally heard it in their head. And I, I'm just, I've always been attracted to that. I still love going to the Bluebird and now I know a lot of the people that are writing these songs that I love. So it's just cool to always kind of find out the stories behind them, but just kind of hear how they came up with it. And I, I just thought, you know, I know when we play these writers nights, um, it's the same thing. People will come up to me. Oh, I love hearing you do that. You know, or I love hearing that version, how you guys wrote the song. And I was like, why don't we just go in there and record these kind of stripped down, you know, kind of in there just the first way that you heard them coming out of your through your guitar or piano and um just put them out like that and uh yeah so that that was really all it was and then barry and Lori and i have written a lot of songs together but of course they've both written songs that i didn't wasn't a writer on that i love and i was like we could just kind of maybe play some songs that people would actually know and then do some that nobody nobody's recorded yet that we love so that was kind of the idea to to make it you know something that would be interesting to people kind of like when I go hear writers, like I love hearing the hits, but then I always love hearing that new song too. So we kind of tried to incorporate both things. For sure. When did you move to Nashville and um, uh, start songwriting? Yeah, I moved. um, So I came down here in the fall of 1997. I was, um, and I came down as a student at uh, middle Tennessee state university and then it was probably a couple years after that that I kind of started playing writers' nights and stuff like that. Um, but I always say it's 1997 when I when I first got down here and just really kind of got into the the whole scene, I guess. Yeah. So did you uh, were you in college at the time? Did you like drop out of college or finish or? No, I, I finished. So I was a I started my freshman year, graduated high school in '97, came down. 
Um, and I finished, I graduated in 2001. Um, and I was just playing. I actually got a job on the road for Brooks and Dunn just as like an assistant, a tour assistant. Um, but while, while we were off the road during the middle of the week, I'd be playing all the open mic nights, writers nights, you know, really the goal was to get a publishing deal. And honestly, if I would have landed a publishing deal before I finished college, I probably would have dropped out. So it worked out for my parents that, that I got that degree <laughs> that they were, they were putting the money towards. Um, but then I guess it was about a year after I graduated, I got my first publishing deal at uh, BMG Music Publishing. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. So you, you have that, that trajectory of, uh, yeah, starting off right, right at the entry level and then, um, moving your way up. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. You know, I had, um, so I got that first publishing deal and then I didn't have my first cut until like three years after I signed my first deal. And then my first hit wasn't until a couple years after that. So for about five years there, after I signed my first deal, I didn't really know if I was, if it was a career yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it, it seemed to work out at some point. Uh, it was it was about 05 when you had that first hit, right? It was actually 07. First cut oh, okay. was in 05. Oh, okay. And then yeah. 2007. So really, you know, and it, a lot of th a lot of people say this is a 10-year town. So by my math, that was 10 years after I first moved here when I had my first hit. Um. So, yeah, you know, and then just meeting so many incredibly gifted writers, you know, I'd never done any like co-writing until I had a publishing deal and it, it felt weird to me at first. But then once I got in the room with some people who were like way better than me and I just learned a lot and I still learn a lot from hall of fame songwriters and from people that just moved to town. There's just so, so much talent in this town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I was just at that, uh, that festival, Winter Wondergrass, and uh, from the front stage, they, they always say, like, you know, this band from wherever, you know, and it's like, from Nashville, Tennessee, from Nashville, Tennessee, from Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not just, I mean, yeah, there's songwriters, but the musicians, you know, mm -hmm. and I mean, bluegrass players, they're kind of like the cream of the crop, like, I mean, to a lot of people, like, just incredibly gifted. Yeah, Absolutely. They're good pickers. So um, mm -hmm. kind of interested in, in um, how you guys uh, picked the songs that you decided to put on the release. I mean, you guys have so many to pick from. W what was the criteria that you used for this album, these, these three releases? Um, we, you know, we kind of just started a little, shared a little notes thing on the iPhone. And um, I, I don't even, it was just like, I kind of, I think I'll, for the three of us, it was like, we kind of were thinking about when we play these songs out or writer's nights, what what are kind of like our favorite ones to play or what get maybe the best reaction um, as far as the, as far as the, the songs that are, have already happened. But then also I thought it would be interesting to maybe record some of the songs that really did sound different than the, than the, 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 the hit version of, those like tours you heard the a completely different version and so like barry singing heartache medication which is a very country song that john party recorded and and barry and john sound very different but i just think i think it shines a light on like the the quality of a song when you hear two t different totally different versions and they're both cool and, and another 
song was Diamond Rings and Old Bar Stools that Barry recorded. And that was a Tim McGraw song that was pretty country. And we thought it would be cool to hear that as like a piano vocal, which we kind of just thought of that in the studio. It hadn't really considered it. It just seems like such a acoustic guitar song. But then when, when we did that um, and David Dorn played the piano, Barry's a great piano player, but he didn't actually play on this recording, um, David. And then Barry sang it, and it was literally like just his first take, what he sang. And I was, Lori and I were in the control room, like, oh my gosh, this, it's like just almost like a totally different song in a way. Um, I got really excited. I, that's probably my favorite, favorite one on this project as far as just how it came out. And then, of course, I thought it was cool hearing Lori do Girl Crush. And we decided to to kind of start that song. You know, the recording of that song is so driven by this really cool electric guitar thing. But on the, the version we did, it starts off with just it's almost sounds a cappella, just Lori singing, but there's like a like an organ underneath it. Um, and the guitar thing doesn't really come in, I think, until like maybe the chorus, something like that. And so it was just a different approach to this song, but um I think it just shows like just what a great like lyrically how well that song's written and Lori's voice just kind of evokes this emotion that um I don't know that just really connects with people. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I was I was reading one of the um uh publications and you had this quote in there about uh Lori's phrasing and um mm-hmm. when I read that I was like that that that's it that's the thing that i was like i always loved about her um her, her oh, songwriting yeah. it's she has a super unique phrasing and it just uh, yeah it's 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 all her you know like i thought that was really it's interesting. all her and it's and it's almost like uh it just feels like she's talking to you almost um and yeah she's such a i guess you would say like a stylist or something it just like when 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 you hear a Lori song like you can even art artists that record her songs you'll like I can almost tell, oh, that's a Laurie McKenna song. And she has such a distinct, distinct writing voice. Yeah. Yeah. I did a, a interview with uh Sonny Sweeney um, last uh, mm-hmm. summer. She had an album out and uh, I was listening to it. Uh, the song's getting ready for it. And, and my wife is in the truck with me and she goes, she goes, this reminds me of Laurie McKenna. And then I looked it up later and sure enough, yeah, it was wow. Laurie McKenna. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. She's incredible. She's yeah. really great. That's awesome. So, um, speaking of the other two, do you guys get to um, get in the same room and write very often? Um, I know you all have so many things going on, but yeah. And you know, not as often as I'd like, but, but, but honestly for, especially for Lori still living in Massachusetts, um, she, I mean, she's here a lot. A lot of people think she lives here, but she doesn't. Um, but we get to, we we do get to, to write a, a fair amount and, you know, Lori, any day with Lori and Barry is just, it's just so much fun because they're, they're such good friends and they're such great people and we all know each other's family. Um, so like I said, it's not as often as I would, I would like, and I, I feel like they'd probably say the same thing, but, um, but we still, we get to write a fair amount together. And honestly, what, you know, when COVID happened, there was the zoom writing, which Lori honestly had been doing for a while just because living out of town so both of them are it's not it's not my ideal way to write probably not theirs either but but we always if we get a chance to hop on zoom and write we 
we do it because it's so much fun to just see their faces and mm-hmm. deal with the latency and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they haven't figured out. You, you can't play together over Zoom yet, you know, but uh, <laughs> at least you can see it's each other. It's funny when you start doing then you realize – Wait, what they're hearing back, like I'm trying to sing a harmony, it's not going to sound good. <laughs> <laughs> that delay, it's always the thing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, to chat a cup about a couple songs, but before we get to that, um, I'm interested in um, your, your project of uh, Creative Nation that you started with your wife. And I was wondering if you could mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit, because I thought that was interesting. Yeah, so, um, you know, back, I guess I've been around 2011, Beth and I had been married for about a year and um i was coming up on the end of my publishing deal with universal music and i've been there for like 10 years and she had been working at bmi the performing rights organization for like five years and i think we were both just at a a place in our careers where we were ready for a change and we didn't quite know what that meant yet um it's not like we didn't like the people we worked with or anything but but then we were just like you know a lot of people would not advise you to go into business with your spouse. Um, sometimes it's nice to have that separation, but what Beth and I do just complements each other so well. And we just, it, it the uh, with the encouragement of our business manager, we were like, I think this is the time to, to start something just small. And um, she loves songwriters. Um, I obviously love songwriters and we're like, Maybe we should try to start our own thing. You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? We we fail and then we have to try to go get our old jobs back. But it was just that we were at the right place, I think, in our lives to start that. Um, didn't have kids yet. And there's a lot of writers that, you know, the other thing is, I think, being a small business and just in the in music community, it's all about relationships. And by that point, we both, you know, made some great relationships in this town. And we thought, I think now's the time to try it. And we can kind of try to do it the way we would do it. And, and that's just includes just signing writers that we really, really believe in, even if nobody else does. And, uh, you know, Beth is also great with like the staff that we have is incredible. Um, the people that we've hired, she's, she's just has a, just a great um sense of who works well within our culture and so now we've been doing it for since since then and um you know just by the grace of god we're still getting to do it and the writers we have are just incredible i always say i just want to sign writers that that i wish i could write songs like and everybody that we've signed is just people i'm in awe of as songwriters and uh we have some great you know just you know veterans like Lori and barry and then great new writers um so it's a i think it's a really good mix that's great i'm glad it worked out for you guys yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> so um i like the song uh, give me back my hometown and um mm-hmm. i was just wondering if you could um uh, tell us a little bit about um about that one yeah that that one it's kind of one of my favorite stories and it's it's not even the story about writing it as much as how we got to it. I So I wrote that with Eric Church and Eric typically before he makes an album, he'll kind of, he, he likes to go out to North Carolina to this cabin and just write a lot of 
bunch of songs all at once, you know, in a month or two. And he'll have different writers come out there and write with him. And I was going out there for a couple of days. And at the time I had this old, uh, it was a Nissan Frontier was my truck. And I'd had it for about 10 years. And I, I, I kind of always, this is funny, but like my dream truck was to always just have a black Ford F-150. So I'd mentioned it to Beth, you know, about I'd like to get a new truck sometime. She's like, cool. And then I call her, I'm driving out there in my Nissan Frontier. And all of a sudden I start having transmission issues and, and I'm supposed to drive like six hours to North Carolina from Nashville. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it. Like my truck wouldn't go over 50 miles an hour and I could just tell something was wrong. So I call my wife and I was like, you know, I was talking about getting a F-150. I, I, I think I'm, I want to do that. And she's like, well, cool. When you get back, let's go look at some dealerships. And I was like, no, I think today she's like, what? <laughs> and I started telling her I'm having these issues. She's like, you are crazy. And I, and I am kind of impulsive. She's a, she's a planner. So she's like, are you serious? I'm like, I'm telling you, I think if I don't get a new truck, I'm not going to make it out there. And she's like, I cannot believe this. She's like, I'm going to call you back. So she calls me back. She's like, here's some, she sends me, she goes, I sent you an email. There's two dealerships in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is on the way. Uh-huh. This one dealership, I think in particular has the truck you want. Stop in there. She goes, I'm going to send you the Edmonds report. Do not pay more, from, pay more than what it says on here. Cause I'm also a terrible negotiator. <laughs> so I seriously, I pull in there. There's a guy standing out there. It's like pouring rain on a Monday morning. And, uh, I was like, my wife called and he's like, yeah, I think I got the truck you look, you're looking for. And I was, I see it. And I was like, yeah, man, that's it. Let's I, how fast can I buy this thing? He's like, do you want to test drive it? And I was like, no. And, uh, then I started thinking, I think Beth would be frustrated if I didn't test drive it. So I did take it on a quick test drive and you know, there's just no quick way to buy a car. And so it's just getting all the paperwork. And finally I buy this truck headed to North Carolina. That was a delay of about two and a half hours, but I pull up to Eric's cabin and I pull in. He's like, man, nice truck. He's like, is that new? I was like, yeah. He's like, when'd you get that? And I was like, just on the way out. (laughs) I was like, man, we really need to write a single so I can pay for it. He's like, this is, you're crazy. And so we didn't write, give me back hometown that day. But the next day he's like, man, I want to write a song with like one, line in the title i was like okay and he said the line is give me back my hometown so he had that idea and we both grew up in small towns and just had a blast writing that song and i felt good about that song after we wrote it i didn't know if it'd be a hit song or not but it, it just felt really good and from that trip that was the song that that kind of really stood the test of time and it finally came out but I always love that story because it's true. And, 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 uh, you know, it's, you you never know when these songs are going to happen, where they're going to come from. But, um, it it just, that one actually worked out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's good. It's funny too, because that's one of those songs where it's like the um, when you hear the title, you're not exactly sure where it's going, and and then as you're listening to the song, the story's unfolding, and you're kind of getting a sense of what what the title means, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that about that song. That's cool. Well, and and I mean, Eric is he's such an incredible songwriter. I always tell people if he wasn't being a superstar, he would just he'd just probably take my job because 
and he's written songs for other people as well but uh he's 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 a great songwriter yeah that's cool well i I thought american kids had a cool um kind of like vibe to it like it really stood out from the other songs on the album and uh i was wondering if you could talk about that song and then also the the recording of it and and the kind of the choices you made on on how it sounds yeah so that song um i wrote that with shane mcnally and rodney clausen that was one of those songs we didn't actually have a title and a lot of times we'll write from a title um but again kind of like eric and i were talking about where we grew up that's what shane and rodney and i were doing and they're both from small towns in texas i grew up in pennsylvania but it's amazing the similarities when you grow up in a small town um and so we're just telling all these stories and i was telling about me riding the school bus and all these different things and um we had a bunch of those lyrics which we felt were like really colorful that people could relate to but we didn't have the title and finally we just landed on American kids and, and, and felt really good about it. But it's the post course on that song to me that kind of takes us to the next level The growing up in little pink. So when we wrote that song, I had like my little recording rig set up and I, and I was playing a bass guitar. So that original riff, the boom, 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 was all bass. Um, and the beat, I, so what we recorded for the songwriters tapes i kind of did that on the acoustic and then the beat i just did with like a beatbox it was like so that kind of just drives stays through the whole song um and if you listen to kenny chesney's recording they really kept a lot of that um and even the background parts the yeah oh um that song just when we finished it i really felt like this song is just different like it's different but it's not weird as in the sense that it wouldn't have a like a universal commercial appeal but it always stood out like the songs i was writing at that time uh, um i felt like that one stood out um and it actually took a little longer to get recorded than i thought it was on hold for like tim mcgraw then little big town maybe one other i don't know but then shane actually called me up one day and he actually knows kenny chesney i don't but he he said a sentence that i've never said he said hey i was on kenny's jet last night and i played him our song i was like wow it's nice to have friends in high places um but he said he wants to record it in like two weeks so that's how that happened and um yeah that's that's for sure honestly when i play these songs at like writers nights that one probably gets like the best response of any of my songs and i think it's just because it's so kind of like sing-along um and and the hardest thing like especially writing country music is writing like up-tempo songs that have meaning or like that say something and i think this one it does it's just got a really good strong lyric but then it's also fun and that can just be hard to do yeah for sure. Yeah. No, I, I grew up in a small town as well. I, I, I still live in my, my, it got bigger, but, um, 
I grew up in Carson City, Nevada. It's the capital of Nevada. Um, when, okay. I was, when I was a kid, it was about 30,000. Now we're about 60,000. But um, okay. I, I, that song just had all these like markers of things or you just, no matter where you grew up, it could be in Idaho or it could be in Tennessee or it could be in Nevada. For sure. You know, and it just, uh, and, and I think it's interesting too, because I feel like um, a lot of times it, it must be difficult. I, I'm not a songwriter like you, but it must be mm-hmm. difficult to, to like walk the line of like having stuff that people will recognize and then, but not venture into cliche as well yeah and i think that song does a good job of like throwing out the pink houses references and stuff like that yeah, you recognize it you. but it's not like you know it, it just seems like a fine line to walk you know it is it is and i've got plenty of cliches and songs and i think we actually talk about that in the writing room it's like you can kind of feel when it gets a little too cliche so you're always just trying to find lyrically that thing that's just a little different but people will get it immediately and, and i also think like musically you know there's only so many chords that sound good together. So you're trying to find something that's just got just like a little twist on it or that sound that'll catch your ear. Um, and that's, that's one that I feel like we nailed. Um, so they just don't come around every day. <laughs> right. For sure. Well, another song on there is uh, settling in and uh, the mm-hmm. three of you guys wrote that one together. And I, I'd love to hear the backstory on that one as well. Yeah. Um, Lori came in with that idea and I believe, gosh, Barry would remember better than me, but she, she had that song started, um, maybe the whole first verse. I can't remember, but I just remember when she played what she played for. She's like, I have this idea. And I was like, are you sure you want me to help you write that? It sounds like you kind of know where it's going, but, but we were both like, this is, I love this. This is really cool. And, um, yeah so she brought that in and so you know barry and i were very grateful and we helped her finish it and then um i just like because it kind of almost has this traditional thing to it It just kind of keeps coming back around but then we had a lot of fun recording that as well um and david dorn who's the another musician we had in there he really added some cool stuff like the percussion thing and um I actually got to sing the background on that, which was fun to sing with Lori. And uh, yeah, that 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 was one. I still feel like somebody could record that at some point. Um, but it's one of those like no one had recorded it yet. And we're, I'm kind of like, I would just love this song to be out there. And I've actually had a few people reach out that said they really liked it. So that was fun. And again, like with it's written with with Lori and Barry. So it's just fun having songs with the both of them. Yeah, for sure. So do you guys, uh, I, you mentioned, you know, playing, um, uh, at the songwriter nights and stuff like that, but do you guys have any, um, plans on, on doing any shows or, or any touring with these th- songs together at all? We don't, I, I mean, I think it would be fun, but you know, everyone's schedule is just so crazy right now. Um, so I don't know that that'll happen. It'd be it'd be fun to maybe do like a little resident residency somewhere, but um, yeah. And Lori's going to be gearing up to you know she just made a new album with Dave Cobb, so she'll be gearing up to be touring on that. So maybe she'll let us open for her or something like that. She can come out be in the opening band. That would that would honestly that'd be an entertaining opening act. Maybe a songwriter circle, kind like of a, a little thing. songwriter's thing. Like redo redo what they do with the blue. Years ago, when I was in high school, this is like 1996. Um, I went to see a Garth Brooks show at the Bryce Jordan Center at Penn State, and um, he had some of his like favorite songwriters open the show, 
And I thought, this is unreal. And it was, they just sat up there on stools and it was so cool. And then he came out with like his arena rock show, which was just like these two different things, but it seemed like the fans loved it. I know I did. Yeah. Yeah. So that to you for sure. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, if people want to find out more about uh, you, about the album and all that kind of stuff, what's the best place to, to look for you online? I mean, probably my Instagram, which is just at Luke Robert. And, uh, yeah, that would, for sh- that's kind of where I post everything. I mean, I think it shoots over to Facebook too, but Instagram's kind of what I'm on daily. So yeah, that's the best way. You haven't, uh, ventured into TikTok yet. <laughs> I I've got an account, but I think it's like, I don't even think I can get my name. It's so, uh, and it's more just to, I don't, I think I did like one post at one point. I'm like, I'm too old. I'm too old for that. <laughs> but you yeah. know, you gotta be up to date on all the stuff. So, yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been on there a few months now, just kind of uh, figuring it out. And I, I'm, I'm surprised at the different funny things. I've, it's not just dancing. Like there's like a bunch of like really creative, strange things that I've found on TikTok. I've been, I've been uh, kind of surprised. It reminds me of when the internet was new back in the early 2000s. There was like, yeah. like Radiohead had this really weird website where it was like a weird maze and you just find like uh-huh. all these kind of random things. It, TikTok kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, cool. it's a whole new world. That's kind of cool. All right. Well, the, uh, the, the releases sound amazing. Um, you have a, a, an incredible career with so many good songs and I uh, appreciate you chatting with me about everything. Thanks so much. Well, hope you have a good night. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. If you haven't already, like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this. Hit that subscribe button. Leave me a rating and tell a friend. Until next time, everybody, have a good one. Like your home. Like me and you. And diamond rings and old bones.